as believers, we don't have the luxury of just making stuff up. And there's a lot of people that have just made stuff up, made stuff up about God, made stuff up about the plan of God, the will of God. And that's why we make a big deal out of his word. Because if you'll stick with his word, you won't just be making stuff up all the time. What you need to know about him is in his word. What you need to know about his will for your life is in his word. What you need to know about his plan for your healing, your deliverance, your abundance, your peace, your joy, it's where? It's in his word. So don't make stuff up. Let's go to his word. And in the beginning of this year, the Lord gave us a word concerning our future, the year that we're in and, and the time beyond this year. And it came out of 1 Peter chapter 5. Look at it again in verse 10. It says, May the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. What's this year about for us? How we do in church? We are better than ever. That's what this means to us. When the God of all grace has gone to work perfecting and establishing and strengthening and settling us, whatever condition you used to be in, when this is happening, you're better than you were before. You're better than you've ever been. And again, we see it in Colossians chapter 2. Turn there. Colossians chapter 2 Beginning in verse 6, this is another passage we looked at quite a bit together. Colossians 2 verse, well that's Ephesians. It's a good one too. Colossians 2 verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. As you have received Jesus, now what? Walk in him. Can I see the hands of those who have received Christ Jesus the Lord? Praise God. Now what? Walk in him. Walk in him. As you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. And this is what life looks like. Verse seven, as you're walking in him, rooted, built up in him and established in the faith. Can you say those words with me? Established in the faith. So what is the God of all grace doing in us? He is perfecting us. Now, we've come to realize that word perfection doesn't mean flawless, not after the flesh. It doesn't mean you've never made a mistake, never will make a mistake. That's not what biblical perfection is about. Don't make stuff up about what it means to be perfect. And don't say, well, nobody's perfect. We, we know that's not right because Jesus is. I said Jesus is. And we have instruction in the word of God about how we can be too. And when you're not defining perfection as flawlessness after the flesh, you start to see that it means something else entirely. Right. It means you're growing up. Oh, yes. And it's about time we do, right? Yes. It's about time we start maturing in the things of God. That happens when we're, when we're children, physically, we're young, we, we're inexperienced, we don't know how to do things on our own. And there are childish mentalities that are okay to have. Check this out. When you're a child. But how many of you know there comes a time in your life that you shouldn't still be thinking that way? You shouldn't still be talking that way, acting that way. There's some stuff that was okay when you were a kid. But Paul said it like this. He said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I understood like a child. I spoke like a child. And that was fine. But what did he say? When I became a man, 
I put away childish things. When I grew up, I stopped thinking, understanding, talking like a child. He's talking about perfect perfection. That's in 1 Corinthians 13. And it's the same chapter of the Bible that says, when that which is perfect has come. He's talking about growing up, talking about maturing. And here in Colossians chapter 2, you see what else he's dealing with. When you see this in verse 9, talking about Jesus in him dwells all the fullness of God bodily. Verse 10, and you are complete in him. Complete in him. I'm complete. You are looking this morning at a complete person. I'm not a puzzle with missing pieces. You are not a puzzle with missing pieces. You are complete if you're in him. That's where completeness is found because he's complete. Jesus did not walk this earth as a fragmented person. He did not walk this earth as a broken individual, broken in pieces. This is why, back to making stuff up, you ever heard people say, well, we're all just broken. We're all just broken vessels. We're all just broken and scarred people. What verse is that? Don't just be making stuff up. I'm reading a verse that says you're complete. I'm reading a verse that says you are put together in him. And just as complete as he is in God, you are that complete in him. That's perfection. Now, I want us to begin focusing on what God's doing in our life when it comes to him establishing us. Isn't that what it said in 1 Peter? The God of all grace is perfecting and establishing. Now, don't disconnect that from what we learned early on about that verse. There's that little section of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, that I know a lot of people would love to perform a scripturectomy and just take that part out where he says, after you've suffered a while. Believe me, I've looked hard for translations that just leave that out. You're not going to find one. It's in there. The problem is, and here we go again, people have made stuff up about what our suffering is. They've heard the word suffering and assumed it meant sickness, assumed it meant poverty and lack. Don't make stuff up when the Bible is willing to define it for you. In that same chapter of 1 Peter, you, you find out what he's talking about when he talks about suffering. In that same book, he expounds on it. No, our suffering is not anything that Jesus bore for us on the cross. And yet there is a suffering that remains for us. What is it? Well, we talked about the suffering of submission. What is the suffering of submission? Not getting your own way. Now that's suffering. And anybody who ever says, well, I, just, I don't really have a hard time with submission. You know what they just told you? They've never done it. Because it is hard. It's hard on the flesh. It can be hard on the soul. The suffering of not getting your own way. Jesus did not redeem you from submission, from submission or submitting. That's still for you and I. What does submission mean? It means to bring yourself under. To bring yourself under the authority of God. To bring your will under His. To submit. And there is a suffering that remains for us, and it's the suffering of submission. He also talked in 1 Peter, right there in that same chapter, about the suffering of resistance. 
resisting the devil. And it can be suffering on the flesh because when you need to resist the devil the most is when you want to do it the least. When you don't feel like it, when you are so feeling so defeated and so down and whether it's pain in the body or pain in the heart, the last thing you feel like doing is getting up out of bed, getting some authority about you, getting some faith about you and pushing back against your enemy. It can be suffering to do that. But Jesus is not resisting the devil for you. He's given you the authority to do it. He's given you the power to do it. And it can be suffering on the flesh. The last suffering that we looked at together was the suffering of submission, the suffering of resistance, and the suffering of persecution. We're not redeemed from persecution. You can see that as you read the New Testament. Persecution. What is persecution? It's pressure. It's pressure applied to the body of Christ from the world, by the world, to get you to uncommit. Is that a word? To get you to distance yourself from God, from his word, from your fellowship and relationship with Jesus. Persecution is just pressure against you. But if you're willing to endure the, that suffering, what's happening on the other side of it? Perfecting's taking place. Establishing is taking place. Strengthening, settling. And I want to focus in today, and I think this is our direction for a few weeks. We'll, we'll go as the Lord leads us. But look at that phrase again here in Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6 again. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk. Walk in him. And again, verse 7, this is what you look like when you're walking in him. You become rooted. You become built up and established in the faith. I think that's what I want to call this series. I didn't know that last week, but I'm retroactively naming last week's message. <laughs> established in the faith. And that was part one. I want to keep going with it today. Established in the faith. We're going to have to do the same thing with this word that we did with perfecting, that we did with suffering. We're going to have to come back to the Bible and let the Bible tell us what it means by that. When the scripture talks to us about establishing, it means some of what you think it would mean to be fixed, to be set. Um, one definition of it, and this is what we looked at last week that I liked, it literally means to turn resolutely in a certain direction to turn resolutely in a certain direction. And the implication there is that you turn in that direction and you go in that direction. This is what it means to be established. We talked last week about what it means to be established on course. Man, you're not wandering anymore. You're not bouncing around. You're not trying one thing on the left, trying another thing on the right. No, you are established you have turned in a certain direction. You are going in that direction. This is what it means to be established. And I believe this is what the Lord wants us to focus on as we center in on what he's desiring to do in our life, in, our, in this body, in this family, in your home, in your family. He is establishing us. In other words, he's giving us the direction 
that he wants us to take, that he wants us to go. We're done bouncing around. We're done wandering. We're done trying things on either side. Man, we got some direction from God, and that's the direction we are headed in. And that's a different kind of life than the rest of this world lives, and sadly, much of the rest of the body of Christ lives. That's a different kind of life. To go, to go with certainty, to know with certainty the direction that I'm supposed to be taking in my life and I'm not questioning it anymore. I'm not second-guessing it anymore. This is God's path. It's His plan for my life. Anybody else done bouncing around? Man, you and I as believers, people full of the Holy Spirit, there's no excuse and no reason for us to live the way the rest of this world lives, trying things for 10 years or so, trying something else for another couple of decades only to find out, well, that didn't work. Come on, we can get some direction in 2022 that will carry us for the rest of our lives. And we can know with certainty what direction we're called to go. We can get established on that course. You ever seen anybody wearing a sweatshirt that's got the name of, of an entity, a business, a company, or a, a university, and it says underneath, established such and such year, you know, established 1850, established 1901. What is that trying to communicate? That's when we started. That's when we started doing what we were going to do for the rest of the life of that university, the life of that business. When you received Christ Jesus the Lord, it's almost as though a, a stamp, a time and date stamp got put on you established, whatever day and time that was. What I'm telling you is you, and we talked about it last week, you used to walk, Ephesians says, the course of this world. All of us did. We walked the course of this world. But God, who is rich in mercy, did we talk about that? What happened? He rescued us out of that path, off that course, and put us on a new course. So what's the instruction now? Great, you received Christ Jesus. You received Christ Jesus the Lord. I already had you raise your hand. Hands went up everywhere. Awesome. Now what? Walk. Take a new path. And that's what was supposed to happen. The day you were born again, you got put on a new path, going in a new direction. And the Bible talks to us about different paths that, paths that we can take. One scripture talks in the Psalms, uh, David talking to the Lord, he said, you show me the path of life. Other verses say there's a, there's a path, there's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. So you've got a path to life, you've got a path to death. And really, those are the only two roads in this life. Those are the only two paths every person on this planet and who has ever walked this planet has been on one of those two roads, either the path to life or the path to death. Now, again, if you just had to choose based on street names, which road you want to live your life on, the path to life or the path to death? I'm going to hang a left here, or whatever direction life is going. Let's take that path. Amen? The path to life. Thank you, Lord. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. Let's keep talking about this path. 
Well, I'm, I'm moving too quick. You go ahead and find uh, Proverbs 4. But I want you to continue to make this connection. What he said here in Colossians 2. As you've received Christ Jesus, the Lord, walk in him. And the very next thing he talked about was being rooted, built up, and established in the faith. Can you see the connection there? Walk in him, established. Walk in him, established. Established in the faith. The Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. The Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. And when you got over onto this faith road, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you started walking a new road. Let's talk about what life looks like established in the faith, on this faith road. In Proverbs chapter 4, are you believing with me this morning? Thank you, Lord. Look at this. We, we spent some time looking at this last week. I want to look at it again. This whole chapter is really this father talking to his son about the path that he takes in life. I want to skip down to verse 18, though. He said, the path of the just. What did I tell you a moment ago? The just shall live by faith. So the path of the just, which is the path of faith, it's, the, it's like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day, complete day. But he goes right into verse 19 to tell you about this other path. He said, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They don't know what makes them stumble. You've got, again, two paths. That's it. The path of life, the path of death. The path of the just, the path of the wicked. And he said, here's how you can tell the differences in the path. Here's how you know if you're on the right one. The path of the just, it keeps getting brighter. It just keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter. Now, the other path, he said, it's dark. And not only is it dark, but it keeps getting darker and darker and darker. And one of the big indicators that somebody's on the wrong road is they have no idea what keeps tripping them up. They keep stumbling over stuff. They keep getting tripped up and falling, and they have no idea. It's like trying to walk through a dark room. You know generally where the door is. But if it's too dark in there and there's a bunch of stuff in your way, you could trip half a dozen times or more just trying to get to the door and have no idea what you tripped on. Sarah and I were laughing about this sitting on the couch yesterday morning. In this first little house we lived in back in Fort Worth, after we got married, um, I, I had um, been renting a house. We bought it together. Little, little house, great house. Justice was born there. We brought him home from the hospital there. And when he was probably two years old or so, uh, one night, man, I didn't know it was coming, but it was a rough night. I ended up later calling it the night from hell. <laughs> it was a rough night. It started fine. We were laying in bed. He had gone to sleep. She and I started watching this documentary on this horse trainer. Really intriguing. We kind of got sucked into it. And it was kind of a fascinating story. At one point during this documentary, this guy's training a horse and he's got these other ranch hands with him. And this one horse was like demon possessed, like nearly untrainable. And this horse attacked one of the ranch hands, bit the guy in the face. I mean, he's got blood coming down his face. And, you know, this guy's a real cowboy. You want to go to the hospital? No. You know, an actual man. That's what I call those kind of guys. 
And we had kind of gotten sucked into this documentary, and, and we watched it to the end, and everything was fine and normal, and we turned it off, turned out the lights, we're going to sleep. Justice down the hall in the other room starts coughing, and we can hear this is not just a normal kind of clearing your throat cough. This is something down deep, and it's going on and on and on. And the lights were out. The room was dark. And this must have happened in the middle of the night because I woke up. You know how you are when you wake up in the middle of the night? You're just not all the way there. And I was so familiar with the layout of this room that in the dark, I just threw the covers off and started going full speed towards the door, but didn't realize that for whatever reason, we had closed the door almost. <laughs> I went walking straight at this door, full stride, I ran perfectly into the, the narrow facing of that door, and that door smacked me right across my brow bone. It so shocked me, it stomach, I fell to my knees. Oh, and I let out a cry. He's crying, I'm crying. I crawl and make my way to the bathroom, turn on the light. I got blood coming down my face. Sarah's standing there with me. We had gotten justice. He's in our bed. He's coughing. I'm bleeding. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm trying to, trying to gather myself. And she starts laughing. <laughs> She's laughing going, well, at least you didn't get your face bit off by a horse. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, at least. That's hilarious. Now, why am I telling you this? No, I mean it. Why? I have no idea. I'm asking you to tell me. When you're walking through the dark, right? You don't know what makes you stumble. You want to be on a path that's so bright and it's getting brighter and brighter and brighter that no matter what's in the way, all you got to do is walk around it. All you got to do is not step there, right? That's one of the ways you know you're on the right path. It's getting brighter. It's getting clearer. It's not confusing. Glory to God. That's the path of the just. He goes on. He says in verse 20, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Listen to all these parts of you he's talking about. Your ears, your eyes, your heart. Their life to those that find them, health to their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. Out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. So we've got ears and eyes and heart and mouth. Put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Your eyelids look right before you. Verse 26, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do you see all the, the body parts, if you will, that he just kind of went through here that, that have everything to do with you ending up on the right path? What's getting into your eyes and ears has everything to do with you getting in the right path. What's getting down into your heart has everything to do with you end up ending up being on the right path. What's coming out of your mouth has an effect on whether or not you are on the right path. But did you notice it wasn't just eyes and ears and mouth and heart? He kind of went from head to toe there, didn't he? What did he say about your feet? Ponder the path of your feet. You should be thinking about where you're going. You should be giving thought to the direction that you're going in. Ponder 
To me, that kind of paints the picture of somebody just stopping and thinking about it. Am I going the right way? Am I headed in the right direction? Has my path been getting brighter or has it been getting darker? Ponder it. Think about it. He said, ponder the path of your feet and then let your ways be established. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.